0: Um, If I can get you all to come over this way, I know you're all fascinated uh, by the spiral of golden and silver light. You can all gather round this side and I've moved too far forward. But if you want to come right over here and all of you out on the pavement or if you'd like to come round here, I know it's a slight walk. Um, So, and we're going to have two pieces of music, which I'll tell you about in a moment and why they connect with Yates and Bedford Park. And um, I'm still identifying certain people in the crowd who I know are coming as guests, but we'll listen to these two pieces of music and I'll disappear for a couple of minutes and um, then uh, I'll start the formal proceedings. So if you could all gather round over here. And all of them, all of you at the back there, outside the railing, if you'd like to come in, if you could all come over to this side here and uh, Yeah, okay. So um, if everybody's within hearing distance, um, two pieces of music and I'll back introduce both the uh, music and the musicians. Thank you. Thanks very much. Um, if I can just introduce uh, the Finnegan Viscardi duo. So that was Robert Finnegan on Soprano Saxophone and uh, Tara Viscardi on Harp. And I was they're here today courtesy of Irish Heritage which is a, an organization, a charitable organization that keeps Irish Heritage going and keeps it going in Britain and gives classical scholarships to classical and traditional musicians uh, and these are some of the alumni. So if I could have a, a big round of applause for uh, Finnegan this and Tara, So the reason for picking those particular pieces, um, the first one, the second one was uh, Raglan Road, a poem by Patrick Cavanagh, another Irish poet. Um, And the first one was um, Eleanor Plunkett by Turlico Carolyn who was one of Ireland's great 17th century, 18th century composers whom W.B. Yeats, when he lived in a house in Blenheim Road, walked down this pathway every day to take the train to the British Library as so many of us writers do in Chiswick um, and study Irish, uh, tales of the Irish Folk and fairy tales of the Irish peasantry, and among those, of course, is the tale of Turlico Carlin. But Turlico Carlin inspired musicians like Geminiani and Vivaldi, um, and he was also written about by, he was a friend of Jonathan Swift, he was um, written about by Oliver Goldsmith, uh, and of course, Yeats wrote about him. So that was the reason for picking those particular pieces. That's the kind of sound of Ireland that the Yeatses would have grown up in when they were in Ireland but they they carried that music with them into Bedford Park. And we're going to have a very special piece now by David Walsh who is the uh, tenor scholar at Canterbury Cathedral uh, and is going to sing uh, The Last Rose of Summer.
1: And true hearts lie withered and
0: formal proceedings by uh, welcoming, welcome, uh, Deputy Lieutenant Miss Rosie Prescott, uh, my Lord, the Right Reverend and Right Honourable Dr. Williams, Lord Williams, uh, Your Excellency, the Honourable Martin Fraser, Ambassador of Ireland to Great Britain, Your Worship's, uh, the Mayor of Hainstrow, and Mayors of Hounslow and Ealing, and all of you, ladies and gentlemen, to an exciting day for for all of us, locals, Bedford Park people, Chiswick and Ealing nights, uh, West Londoners, Londoners, I'm getting to sound like the definition that James Joyce puts in his diary of what his address is, Europe, the world, the universe, and so on. In fact, looking at Conrad's widening gyre spiralling out there, I think the spirit of Bedford Park is spiralling out into the universe. But had a particular reason, and, and also, uh, it's very hard to understand why in um, Bedford Park, Yeats was worrying about wanting to be back in Ireland, because the Irish weather comes to Bedford Park with alarming frequency. Um, but I wanted that particular song because I hope it transported you all back to the Victorian drawing room. Not that you were all in ever in Victorian drawing rooms, but it is a reminder that particular song um, by Tom Moore's song uh, that Irish music was the backdrop to Victorian England. So you had Balfe the composer, Wallace who wrote uh, uh, operas, and um, Sullivan who wrote operettas, and uh, that's the world that the has come into. So. Um, Songs like, and in fact, that particular song was picked up by Beethoven, Mendelssohn, um, Von Flotow in his opera Martha and Nina Simone. So Irish music was the kind of background to Victorian England. But Irish writers, of course, had always been the background to English literature from Swift through to Congreve, Farker, Sheridan, Goldsmith and so on. So we're going to um, just take that whole idea of why the Yeatses came here. And when they came here, uh, it was an, uh, built as an idealised village by a Dublin-born, businessman Jonathan Carr, uh, who thought he would attract lots of artists, and, and he did attract lots of artists, uh, including John Butner Yeats bringing up his family here. So it's the young Yeats. the actual root of that song that we've just heard, uh, the, the Last Rose of Summer, is called The Young Man's Dream in Irish, an Monigfar. And in fact, Bedford Park was the young man's dream. The young poet W.B. Yeats walked along this path. Anyone who knows his poem about standing in the roadway or on the pavement's grey, this is the pavement he walked because this pavement used to be the road to Woodstock Road, which is just up there. He lived at number eight, which is four doors in, and walked down this road every day. So this is is his starting place. And in creating this uh, artwork, we're conscious that we're celebrating Yeats we're celebrating the spirit of Bedford Park, which was a communitarian, egalitarian, progressive, uh, suffragist, of course, largely vegetarian, all sorts of eccentrics lived in Bedford Park, um, and um, a- and a great interest in theosophy, transcendentalism, Buddhism, and so on. But uh, as well as celebrating the spirit of Bedford Park, which went out and virtually created the 20th century, Bedford Park is the ground plan of the 20th century. Um, it also, um, it, it, it shaped the, the young WB Yeats and so that symbol is there not just to say Bedford Park was an amazing fascinating place but that it actually produced in in and, and of all the famous people who lived here the key thing about the Yeatses is, is that they are a family who grew up here so many people came here when they had already made their money as actors artists authors painters etc the Yeatses were shaped by this particular atmosphere and so we're going to listen to some um, pupils school children at the local schools who are going to read poems of Yeats's that have some relation to this place and um, they are the next generation who will hopefully inspired by this artwork and inspired by Yeats's poetry will go on to be the next generation of Nobel prize-winning poets it's worth saying that as well as Conrad's beautiful masterpiece over there um, with Yeats's words all around it and Yeats's words working through it and the other things that we've done are to create school workbooks of Yeats' poems, which we've taken to all the local schools. We're creating and have created a, a smartphone walk, which will take you all around the key Yeats places in Bedford Park. When you click on the QR code on that sign over there, and um, the other thing, so so, uh, and we're creating a promo video to bring people to Chiswick and to Yeats's Bedford Park. So I'm now going. No, I think that was me hardly not you. So. We're we're now going to introduce some uh, readers, uh, and they've all got a chosen Yeats poem, and so I'm going to start with um, uh, Nell Pullen and Flora Barrett from Belmont School, which is just across the green and under the railway there. If I could have Nell Pullen and Flora Barrett, and we'll just move the mics to the right level.
2: Of Dooney. When I play in my fiddle of Dooney, folk dance like the wave of the sea. My cousin is a prison car Varnet, my brother in Mokarabui. I pass my brother and cousin, they read in their books of prayer. I read in my book of songs I bought at the Sligo Fair. When we come to the end of time, to Peter sitting in state, he'll smile on the three old spirits, but call me first through the gate. For the good are always the merry, save by an evil chance and the merry love of fiddle, and the merry love to dance. And when the folk des by me, they'll come up to me with, here's the Fiddler of Dooney, and dance like the wave of the sea.
0: I can't decide whether I should go back to my notes here, or... Um, let's do this. I'll keep off the stage for a moment. So, um, yeah, just to say about the Fiddler of Dooney, the sort of archetypal Irish poem was written here. Uh, The Yeats has actually learned their country dancing not in Sligo in their maternal home place, but at number seven, Queen Anne's Gardens, which is up that way. The painter Thomas Matthews wrote, two sisters taught country dancing, and so they learned it here. But anybody who listens to that line, folk dance like the wave on the sea, and knows the dance, the waves of Tory, where two lines of people weave in and out through each other like the ebb and flow of the tide uh, will know that the Yates had stood at country fairs and crossroads and watched folk dancing. Uh, Interestingly that dance wasn't recorded by the English Folk Dance Society until the 1930s but it was recorded by Grace Orpin whose cousin uh, Henry Goddard Orban, lived in the house right behind the Yeats's in Bedford Park. So a lot of that great folk investigation... Of course, the, he was a cousin of the painter, William Orban. But if I start going into the genealogy of all the writers in Bedford Park, we will be here all day. So um, the, the, uh, the, the interesting thing about The Fiddler of Dooney uh, is that in that poem, Yeats suggests that those who create art and those who play the fiddle or the harp uh, or, or the saxophone uh, might be as important in people's lives and I say this looking very carefully at Father Kevin and Dr. Williams might be as important in people's lives as those who look after their souls I wouldn't suggest that Yates was actually saying that and I do realise I'm on the church side of this path so I'm on dangerous ground so if, if we move on to the um, if I've got my list if i picked up the right list after three steps yeah. So um, the uh, next reader is from Arts Ed, and I've got the name Luke, um, but I haven't got his surname written down. Is Luke from Arts Ed here? Yes you are, Luke. Come forward.
3: Just before Luke
0: uh, speaks, uh, I'm going to say that Arts Ed, of course, is one of the UK's leading drama schools. But it's also on the site of the Chiswick School of Art, where Jack Yeats, Ireland's most famous modern painter, learned to study. So the Yeatses are a very ta- talented family, as well as just WB. But I'm going to ask Luke to read uh, his poem, Down by the Sally Gardens. Thank you, Luke.
1: Down by the sally gardens, my love and I did meet. She passed the sally gardens with little snow white feet. She bid me take love easy, like the leaves grow on the tree. But I being young and foolish, with her not agree. In a field by the river, my love and I did stand. And on my leaning shoulder, she laid her snow-white hand. She bid me take life for easy, as the grass grows on the weirs. But I was young and foolish, and now am full of tears.
0: So um, yeah, just uh, I, I talked about the young man's dream, and that seems to me to be a poem about the young man's dream of love and about being told to ease off. well yet spent his life being told to back off uh, his great love, Maud Gaughan who was his inspiration into politics and uh, even into uh, a sense of Irish nationalism uh, and always felt, he always felt that she should be his and uh, never quite succeeded in winning her hand. Uh, so, the next poem uh, that's going to be read is When You Are Old, uh, which is based on uh, a line from Ronsard. Yeats was very interested in French. He went to French lessons at William Morris's Kelmscott House, uh, but never learned French terribly well because when he went uh, to visit Stephane Mallarmé in Paris, Mallarmé was out and Mallarmé never got the message that William Butler Yeats had called, so his French wasn't up to a, a simple calling card level. But uh, but he was fascinated by French and French painting, which he's written about it in great detail, and he took, uh, he took sorry, Ronsard's line and turned it into a poem uh, in which he would say to Maugan, when you are old, you will regret not having married me. In fact, she went on to marry um, someone called Major John McBride, uh, one of whose cousins is here with us today so um that's another connection uh in fact someone that anne-marie and i came to visit many of you will know anne-marie anne-marie and i came to visit uh, years ago in chiswick and when we stepped off the train and came out of turnham green station uh said why this is bedford park and i was fortunate to have been taught by Sister Vincentia at A-level about Bedford Park. She was a great Yeats fan. She'd been to the Yates Summer School in Sligo. There are some Yates Summer School people here today, including the president of the former president of the Yates Society. So um, I was fascinated by Bedford Park, and we ended up here. And uh, that's only the beginning of my story. We'll move on to uh, Emily Bullat is going to read When You Are Old.
2: When you are old, when you are old and grey and full of sleep and nodding by the fire, take down this book and slowly read and dream of the soft look your eyes had once and dove their shadows deep. How many loved your moments of glad grace and loved your beauty with love false or true. But one man loved the pilgrim soul in you and love the sorrows of your changing face, and bending down beside the glowing bars, murmur a little sadly how love fled and paced upon the mountains overhead and hid his face amid a crowd of stars.
0: Okay, thanks uh, for those brilliant readings of Yeats. Uh, Yeats, of course was interested not just in writing poetry but was interested in verse speaking all his life as well as being interested in the relationship to music and dance and theatre which is a a great deal of which comes from having been brought up in Bedford Park where amateur dramatics and play acting and dressing up were so much, I'm not saying it's all like that today, well it is a bit, but um, the the idea that that verse speaking was very much part of his world where other poets would condescend to verse speaking so that's been a brilliant Moment, if you like, of of another generation coming up uh, and learning uh, Yeats's poems. Um, So, what I'm going to do now is uh, very shortly uh, introduce uh, Dr. Williams to speak and officially declare the artwork open to the public, which some of you have seen it already, of course. And I'd like to welcome, because I was a little bit premature in my uh, introduction, I'd like to welcome. the uh, Ambassador for Ireland to Great Britain, the Honourable Martin Fraser over here beside the tent. So um, great great to have you here, Martin. So, um, so I just wanted to say really a word of thanks uh, to everybody who's been involved in this project. Um, and when I say, when I first announced the project, it was with the support of Father Kevin Morris from St Michael and All Angels, which is a church that serves the community of artists very much as uh, the original church built here in 1879, the same year as the Yates arrived, served a community of artists, but it also has a mission not just to the artists, but through the arts. So this is a place that is alive with arts, as many of you will know, being Bedford Park people here um, and having, moved forward with Father Kevin, uh, we quickly got on board Torrin Douglas, who many of you will know from the Bedford Park Festival and the Chiswick Book Festival, Polly Devlin, author Polly Devlin, who lives just round the corner from here, um, and uh, Gerald McGregor, a local councillor and a very useful local person. And Matthew Fay, interestingly, although Yeats was inspired to become a dramatist, and in fact funded to become a dramatist by people who lived in the house over there on the orchard, second road over on your right, but you'll get all this from the app when it comes along, um, he actually had to join forces with a a theatre company in Ireland run by Frank Fay and his brother Willie. And Matthew Fay, one of my committee members, has been a very useful um, great-grandson of Frank Fay. So uh, thanks, Matthew. So thanks to all of those on the committee. Um, I can't tell you the sheer volume of work that those people have undertaken over the past seven years with, for part of the past two years, uh, endless Zoom meetings where the standard greeting to everybody is you're on mute. <laughs> so, um, that, that, we, we, we weathered all that and, and we've come through. Um, and ha- I had from the point at which we first announced the project in here, so I'd been doing, we, we'd been running poetry evenings here and in 2015 we ran a Yeats poetry evening and announced the project was going to start. I was approached by uh, Nicholas Buena de Mesquita of the Bedford Park Society. And he, Nigel Woolner, and Peter Murray have been very useful advocates, advisors through that whole time, together with other local architects, including uh, John Scott, Nick Bethune, and Paul Vick, who gave us all sorts of formal and informal advice, Uh, eventually met up with the Bedford Park Planning Committee, who offered us lots of constructive criticism and help. Um, And, of course, the Bedford Park Society have come back. Once we moved into the um, arts, education, and heritage strategy, they provided us with loads of information and some money to develop the smartphone walk, to develop uh, the the children's school books, and to develop the promo video, which will bring people to the glories of Bedford Park. So uh, on that side, Helen Jamieson, the chair, and Kate Bowes have been very useful and very influential. And once I'd established our committee here, among the first people I went to see were Rowan Williams, who I'll introduce in a moment, um, uh, Martin Enright of the Yates Society in Sligo, because I'd been a long advocate of the uh, Yates International Summer School in Sligo, and the then-ambassador, Dan Mulhall, who actually came and gave a lecture here on the talented Yates family. He was succeeded by Adrian O'Neill, who provided us with our first funding. That funding was then followed by uh, a significant donation from my wife Anne Marie Fife, which allowed us to go forward for planning permission. Uh, and from there, people like Polly Devlin, John McGreen, a poet from Galway, who hoped to be here today but can't be. Jukes uh, Education, who run the two local schools here, the two nearest schools, sitting in Bedford Park, and um, just an Orchard House. I'm just thinking about missed Art One. Yeah. Hold on. There's somebody from Southfield here. Yes, sorry. I, I, one, of the, one of the schools couldn't be here, but Southfield could. So I'm going to backtrack uh, to say that Southfield School is the school nearest to where the Yates lived in Blenheim Road. Uh, in fact, if Yeats had looked out of his balcony, he would have seen Southfield School and all the children playing there, except it hadn't been built then. But that's exactly where they're positioned. Um, and for that reason, I'm going to ask them to read uh, a poem that Yeats wrote in the upstairs bedroom of uh, 3 Blenheim Road, as if he was looking out at Southfield School. And I'm going to ask Simon to alter the mics once again. My mistake, Sorry. The Lake
2: Isle of Innisfree. I will arise and go now and go to Innisfree and a small cabin build there of clay and mottles made. Nine beam rows will I have there, a hive for the honey bee, and live alone in the bee-loud glade. And I shall have there some peace there, for peace comes dropping slow, dropping from the bells of the morning to where the cricket sings. There, midnights all a-glimmer, and noon a purple glow, and evening full of the linnet's wings. I will arise and go now for always night and day. I hear lake water lapping with low sounds by the shore. While I stand on the roadway or on the pavements gray, I hear it in the deep heart's core.
0: that and, and i was keen that the kids all got their chance to read before i started the boring bit like thanking everybody so i fluffed on that one um <coughs> so yes just to say who else to thank bedford park society local local advice from lots of people and um, funding from people like anne marie Polly devlin and john mcbreen uh major funding from the fact that the uh, george frampton fund for public sculpture awarded conrad's design a significant award right at the beginning Uh, The Irish Embassy had funded us both in the beginning and uh, gave to us again as the project moved forward, Uh, Duke's education I mentioned. The Josephine Hart Poetry Foundation not only gave us a donation but have organised a splendid event this evening which I know many of you booked tickets for and I know sadly many of you have been unable to book tickets for because the church only holds 300. Which is quite unusual for a poetry reading to be booked out at 300, but that's the talents of the Josephine Hart Poetry Foundation and the Yeats event, obviously. Um, of the other people that I have to thank, um, the Vihara, which is providing tea and cakes for some of us, some of our visitors, uh, community organisations, and uh, later, and I'll tell you about that. And that's those who have had an invite to the reception um, and the. Uh, I should thank everybody for the media coverage, Chiswick Calendar, Chiswick Magazine, Times Literary Supplement, um, Poetry News, Irish Times, Uh, it's been absolutely fantastic, including St Michael and All Angels newsletter, Bedford Park newsletter, and so on. In terms of the actual work itself, obviously, I'm going to come to thank Conrad, but what I have to say uh, before that, in terms of the people who've worked here and made friends with many of you locally, I have to say, um, Danny of Wooten and Daw, and... Dave, uh, Dave Gear of Dawn Gear, slight confusion there. Louis Russell, who carved those beautiful letters, and I think everybody's been in awe of Louis's work today. Um, and the people in Conrad's studio that I've met, just in passing, but uh, probably getting in their way when they're trying to do some work. Other people who've been involved have included Belinda Ashton, who did the layout for the beautiful sign that you will see over there beside the artwork. Um, and. Jeremy Boydsook, who's written the, uh, the app that will take you all around Bedford Park. And I'm sure in that uh, quick run through, I have missed some. And India Lewis at Conrad's um, uh, studio, who has kept everything in order over a period of, well, I look at Conrad I'm Trying try remember how many years it is, so I, I won't say any more than that. But having said that one of the first people that I talked to when we started this project was Rowan Williams, uh, I now have the pleasure of welcome, welcoming him here to Chiswick uh, to talk about, to declare the site officially open and to say something about WB Yeats. Yates. Thank you.
4: I don't think that I need to say anything very much to reinforce why Yates matters. You've already heard this afternoon why Yeats matters in the poetry that's been read by our young friends so wonderfully. But perhaps you'll just indulge me if I say a quick word about why Yeats's poetry matters to me. And it's partly because Yeats never stood still as a poet. He's several different kinds of poet. He thinks about what he's just said and he says something different. There are the three great phases in his poetic career, totally different from each other. A reminder that poetry doesn't stand still. Poetry is language moving in a very, very intense way. Not just language that moves us, but language that moves itself. And thinking about that gave me an insight into what's going on in that extraordinary sculpture that Conrad has given us. If you look at that sculpture, you'll see the surfaces tilting in different ways, reflecting different moving realities, tilting upwards to receive what the sky is showing, tilting along the road, reflecting the traffic coming along, tilting towards us. And just standing there for the last 20 minutes or so, my eyes have been drawn again and again back to the sculpture, watching the movement on its surfaces. It doesn't stand still. And that's one of the things which makes it such an appropriate celebration of a poet who didn't stand still. Real art holds up to us surfaces that go on reflecting our moving and changing lives. That's what makes art endure. Art doesn't sit still to be gawped at and then forgotten. Art engages and re-engages us because it reflects the moving, changing reality that we are. And Yates' capacity to look and listen to what he just said and then move on is one of the things that makes him such a remarkable poet. Art is something we desperately need to make some sense of moving, changing lives. W. H. Auden wrote a very celebrated poem in memory of Yeats. I've often thought that the the great recipe for success as a poet in the 20th century is having two initials, W.B. Yeats, T.S. Eliot, W.H. Auden, R.S. Thomas, and those of us who are not particularly successful poets realize belatedly we should have found a second initial somewhere. But Auden's celebration of Yeats is one of the great testaments in the 20th century of what poetry is about. I won't recite all of it, but some of you will remember some of the words towards the end. In the desert of the heart, let the healing fountains start. In the prison of our days, teach the free man how to praise. Auden nails that wonderful tension between the constraints, the limits of our human life, and the explosion of praise, of art, of celebration, which drives us out from that prison, which makes the healing fountains start. Yeats himself famously wrote about lying down again where all things start in the foul rag and bone shop of the heart. Poetry digging down even to the things we'd rather not notice and rather forget about ourselves. And then building up from there, being reminded how the imagination breaks through the prism and allows us to rethink who we are as human beings and what we might be as a society. We need that I'm tempted to say as never before, but probably that's not true. We've always needed it. We need that word of artistic challenge and promise to spring us from our prisons to make something of our deserts, to reflect back to us the changes, the chances, the sufferings, the stresses of our ordinary human life, the foul rag and bone trap of the heart and then to turn all of that, transform it into that spiralling, widening vision which Conrad's sculpture gives to us. It's been a massive privilege to be involved with this project and it's a great delight to see it come to fruition today. I don't, I'm afraid, get to uh, pull any cloths off the sculpture which would be a bit of a challenge, I think. Or even to remove a curtain. But I can at least wave my hand expansively and declare this to be definitively there.
0: So now, now that it's there, just, just, um, the, you're going to hear from Conrad in a moment, but first I'm going to ask um, Martin Fraser uh, from the Embassy of Ireland. He's only just arrived. Uh, Adrian O'Neill, who saw us through the early part of this project, or right up till this summer, um, has just left, and Martin arrived for high-level talks. Of course, straight into it, uh, Britain and Ireland. But of course, here in Bedford Park, we had our own relationship between Britain and Ireland. that has been going on for a century, and uh, it's lovely to bring him here to a, a cultural event that is uh, a non political event and full of all the richness of the relationship between our two countries. So, if I could ask Martin Fraser to come up and speak. Thank you.
5: Thank you, Cahill, and uh, thank you very much for the invitation. Um, interesting uh, that I will be addressing you briefly in these matters at the same time as the Prime Minister is being appointed or has been appointed by Her Majesty the Queen and is probably speaking in Downing Street um, at the moment and when I send a report home about today's events which cover WB Yates and Bedford Park and a beautiful work of art, um, they would probably think I've lost my mind in a week in London, however I am very very glad to be here uh, and uh, the, other, the other things will wait. I'd also like to thank you for the first time since I've arrived, I'm only here about 10 days the rain the irish weather it's very nice i didn't realize it rained in london and uh, this is a, a new development um, but thank you for that all i would say to you is thank you everybody and cahill has enumerated the many many people who have worked here uh, i maybe picked a particular word for the children who, who read the poetry you did such a beautiful job for those who have done the music arranged the event uh, the children who read the poetry um you never know you could be standing on a stage when you grow up following someone like a former Archbishop of Canterbury talking about WB8s and you will be glad you paid attention in school, uh, or you wish you paid more attention because I certainly uh, do now that I'm faced with this. Um, But look, uh, uh, Cahill said it very well, um, the links between Britain and Ireland, uh, our shared culture, our shared heritage, our shared literature, so much uh, that we share together is so brilliantly encapsulated uh, by being here in West London. I, I, was, I was once at a cabinet meeting in Ireland on the west coast of Ireland in Lissadel House uh, in Sligo with, with so many echoes of, of, of WB but also Maude Gaughan and the Gore Booths and the whole history of Ireland. The, the first woman ever elected to the House of Commons, uh, one of the principal features of the history of that house. So here from the west of Ireland to the west of London, it's such a privilege to be here and to reflect, as I say, the great shared history, culture, everything that Ireland and Britain have done together and everything that London has done for the Irish in Britain for which we're profoundly grateful so I thank you I thank Conrad in particular for for such beautiful brilliant work and uh, everybody for coming along and I hope you enjoy the rest of the day thank you very much
0: So you can imagine that uh, one of the great pleasures of my life for the past seven years, well about a certain point through those seven years since this project started, was discovering Conrad Shawcross, uh, seeing his works in other places, and I've been to many sculpture parks and we'd all pooled ideas on who we thought was interesting, but discovering Conrad Shawcross and his work at the Paradigm, and then going through a long process of walking with him around these streets, talking about Bedford Park, well, I let Conrad say what he wants to say, but I just want you all to welcome him here as a, a kind of a permanent addition to the culture of Bedford Park that goes back to WB Yeats and goes back long before that. So if I could have a big round of applause for Conrad Shawcross, um, uh,
3: Thank you all so much for coming. I'm so, um, uh, so very proud of this huge crowd, despite the weather. It was raining. An hour and a half goes so hard that I'm really amazed at the, the turnout. So I'm really, really happy. Thank you for coming. Um, just a few thank yous. And I, obviously, I'm going to repeat a few names which need to be repeated. But obviously, Kyle, um, thank you so much for delivering this over the last eight years. It's been a very long and uphill journey to get here. and it's, um, But it's, um, it's wonderful that we're finally here. Um, uh, I'd like to thank India, Lewis in the studio, and all the studio team who fabricated this. We built it all in the studio, in-house, and welded it all. Piece by piece, so it's all built um, very much under the roof of my studio with my my team. So I'm very proud of the um, the, the work and the expertise we all have. Um, and then Danny and Louise, who've done the who've done all the stonework and the base, which is so beautifully done. Um, it's really an immaculate job to that. Um, so Woodlands and Door, thank you. Um, then Chiswick Council, the Royal Academy, who the Frampton Fund have given us uh, a substantial amount of the money. Uh, the general public who have, um, through all the crowdfunding, we couldn't have done it without you. So all of that sort of um, people giving from five pounds to a thousand pounds has been instrumental in that process. Uh, and then Father Kevin Morris, who obviously this piece is pieces in, in the curtilage of his church. So we're very grateful that you uh, have been behind this and have wanted this to happen. Um, the Irish Embassy, the Henry Moore Foundation, the Josephine Hart uh, Poetry Foundation, uh, Duke's Education, Victoria Miro Gallery, um, and then we've got Jimmy Page and Scarlett uh, Sabey, who who've also been instrumental in making this happen. Um, it, now, if I want to return to the to the sculpture itself, um, I, I spent a long time looking at Yeats and his life and the reading of it and trying to sort of find a way in to sort of making something fitting. And um, I think we both share this sort of metaphysical kind of interest. and. My work has always been very geometric and rule based and mathematical. And I sort of have always seen kind of meaning in geometry and metaphysical meaning and philosophical implication. I think, um, so I think hopefully the piece sort of is really fitting to his kind of the sort of metaphysical and sort of philosophical kind of underlying sort of uh, themes that run concurrently through his work. I was really struck a few years ago at the Irish Embassy when. The cloth of heaven was read out, and um, and then getting this that snippet that's on the base of light and half light and materiality of gold and the dim and the dark cloths. This idea of a patchwork of materials, and I think this piece, hopefully, imbues those ideas of this gold and silver, and so that was a real a justification for using these quite quite kind of extreme materials in this piece. And so I hope everyone like, like poetry. Art has the the potential be deinterpreted. And I think there is a, there's an exciting loss of control. When you create a good piece of art or a good piece of poetry, the, um, the good test is that you've lost control of its meaning. If you make a piece of art and everybody sees the same thing in it, it's pretty certain that that's not a great piece of art. It's the breadth of interpretation. And so anyone who stumbles across this piece to do with their gender, their politics, their religion, their love, their trauma, their, their sexuality, will see something different in that work. And you can't control that. And that's what. And so every, everyone who sees that will have a different resonance. It may stimulate new neural pathways in everyone or different people. And everyone will have a different reaction or, rea- or re- uh, counter reaction. And that's what I hope will, the piece will do. I think, hopefully, that, that the people who walk past it every day in the seasons and the di- shifting light of the day will see something different. It will reflect uh this the the verdant green of spring it will reflect the blues of the sky in summer it will reflect the brown hues of the autumn leaves in autumn and in winter the grays and the the wet and so hopefully and the and the pinks of the sunset and the sunrise so i hope that it will be chameleonic and it will shift and change through through time and it will be adopted by uh the community here and i hope it will um add to the to the um to the community and to the, to this location. So, um, yeah, thank you.
0: So, um, right at the end, I'm going to ask, uh, father Kevin to say a few words, um, on this side of the pathway which is within the church but the sculpture is on the other side of the pathway just in case the mayor of Hounslow was over there somewhere thinking, that's my land. So most of you are on Hounslow land, some of us are in church land.
6: Deputy Lieutenant Miss Rosie Prescott, my Lord Bishop, Chrysler, Cunis, Yarn and all, Your Excellency, Mrs. Fraser, Vulture, Distinguished guests, ladies and gentlemen, when a church needs a new bell, you get a bishop to christen it. We didn't quite know what to do with a sculpture, so Bishop Rowan ordered rain. And every drop a blessing. Thank you to our speakers today, to Bishop Rowan and to Conrad and to Martin Fraser, the ambassador. The history of the early communities in Bedford Park is a very interesting one and replete with fascinating personalities, be it progressive artists or radical political figures. I don't know whether to envy the vicar of that day or to feel sorry for him. Their work is rightly explored and celebrated today. It was important to us when we were considering a sculpture the commemorated WBH, that we acknowledge the role his family and the community in which he lived influenced his life and work. I hope this artwork inspires us to recognize the artistic endeavors that still exist within our locality and support of them. Important to me is the way faith and St. Michael and all angels as a church community engages with the arts and in we- the ways in which they complement and enrich one another. I remember the first time that Cahill and I first discussed the possibility of such a sculpture. It was about nine years ago. Cahill has thanked everyone who supported this project with their advice, expertise, and financial backing. It has been my honor to chair the project committee. We who have lived close to the behind the scenes workings for a long time, and as a result, we only know too well that Kahal Dalit has been its driving force. His vision, his passion, his determination, his hard work have been absolutely extraordinary and magnificent. It's been a privilege to work alongside him. I said to him, nine years of your life, Kahal, to see this accomplished. Ah, he said, it's been longer than that. I feel it's been all my life that's been leading to here. Well, you have every reason, Carol, to feel proud today. Our heartfelt thanks to you today, Guru Mahgat. He's been ably supported by his wife and fellow poet Anne-Marie Fife, whose support we very, very much appreciate. Thank you. The London Borough of Hounslow have been great supporters. They have allowed us to place the sculpture on their land. Thank you to the Worshipful Mayor. Have approved it as custodians of planning standards and have supported it financially through their Thriving Communities Fund. They have recognized it as celebrating our neighborhood's inclusive role in contributing to our shared culture in this city and these islands. This is an historic day today. This monument is the only monument to Yeats in the United Kingdom, and you are present. It has been said that Yeats brought to his poetry a sense of stillness, a stillness which still arrests us and points us to that for which we deeply yearn. I hope that this will also be true of those who look upon this artwork and reflect, and in doing so, to quote the great man himself, while I stand on the roadway or the pavements gray, I hear it in the deep heart's core. It is now my joyful duty to present the artwork to the people of Bedford Park, Chiswick, London, the world, and to formally hand over the sculpture to the London Borough of Hounslow. Thank you.
0: obviously thanks for that. I don't know what to say other than that I'm back in my ringmaster role to say that I know many of you are going to the poetry this evening. Some of you have an invite to join us at a small reception over at the Buddhist Vihara, and I won't tell you how intimately that's connected with Yitz's whole life, uh, but if you follow us across the road to the Buddhist Vihara, those of you who are invited to the reception, others may well go off and partake of the many coffee shops in Chiswick, particularly the post room who has been very helpful to us in our endeavors. And all of you who are going to the evening event be back here where Tara and Robert will play again Mm -hmm. around about between 6 and 20 past 6, and then go into the church for the beginning of the Poetry Hour, thanks to the Josephine Hart Poetry Foundation. But thanks, all of you. Father Kevin's already thanked you for standing in the rain. I can't say more. Thanks for being here. Thank you.
7: Well, that was very interesting, wasn't it? John Kennedy, friend and occasional boozer. How was that? No, you're not. I, I, you've got to say something now. I've got you no. live. We're going live. No, no, no. It's quite a moving service, there, wasn't it? Live. And what your you reckon to the actual, the actual piece itself? Um.
4: Gosh, no, I'm not ready for.
7: <laughs> too long, <laughs> <laughs> Edited, I actually found it quite. I actually found it quite. Uh, actually, quite emotional uh, at one yeah. or two parts as well. And it was quite good when the uh, the Irish commissioner came on as well.
4: Um. Yeah, it was really, there were good speeches, yeah,
1: Uh, yeah. um, yeah.
7: I'm going to buy you a pint now, aren't I? (laughs) Let me just see if we can grab a word. I think everyone else see, is going yeah, to be fairly nice. busy. I think oh, I'll grab a word with Father Kevin in a minute. I'll do it later on in Cal House, so I might home, see it later. Yeah, I think it is tonight. Yeah, There's a reception I think I'm, I think I'm invited to. I'll have to check <laughs> to the reception. But how yeah. are we doing for time? But I think we're running out of time. But there you have it. History being made. The very first, uh, well, I suppose, what would you call it? Um, tribute to WB Yates, Arguably, certainly in London. Uh, and uh, we're, we're, we're privileged to be part of it. Sorry about the noise, because as I say, I'm, I'm outside with a little microphone and no pop cover, but I hope you've got something out of that. You're a little part of history, and thank you for your company. I'm Nick Hennigan. This is BohemianBritain.com and, of course, Resonance 104.4 FM.